Hi, with Ainsley Bullion. This is the weekly wrap on this day, the 3rd of March 2017. Australian dollars, gold is sitting at 16.31 and silver at $23.48, with the Aussie dollar at 75.7. So this week saw gold up due entirely to a lower Aussie dollar, and silver was too until last night, but now slightly lower for the week, saved largely by that same lower Aussie dollar last night. All eyes were on Donald's first address to Congress Wednesday our time. Markets had started to ease off before he even spoke, but not before the Dow recorded its longest streak of record high closes in all history, helped along by Trump stating he would start spending on infrastructure big. His grammar, not mine. He did, however, warn that tax couldn't be addressed until he understood the cost of fixing Obamacare first, which of course the markets didn't like so much. But then, as we wrote yesterday, he, whilst he didn't actually say anything new, he didn't scare people either, and so markets had their biggest rally the day after the nighttime speech. Everything was clearly going to be awesome, despite any details on how exactly said awesomeness will happen. In contrast, last night the US share market had its biggest fall since January as more co comments from the Fed saw odds of a March, March rate hike reach a near certain 90%. That saw the US dollar strengthen and gold retreat. But just as Deutsche Bank published its list of best performing assets year to date, with silver at the very top of that list, last night silver got smashed, down 67 cents over 3.5% as over $2 billion of futures contracts were dumped onto the market just as Europe closed. You know, just as you would when you want to exit at, with at least pain. In completely unrelated news, Bloomberg's reported last night that the world's biggest banks have been fined a total of $321 billion since the GFC for financial misdemeanours such as market rigging and manipulation. There was a lot of economic data out this week and again a mixed bag and again conflicting messages from soft and hard data. The Dallas Fed manufacturing survey kicked things off and it was another great print up for the sixth straight month to 24.5 in February to its highest in 10 years and against expectations of a dip to 19.4. But yet again behind the headline we saw continuing stagflationary trend of wages declining, work week dropping, prices paid surging and new orders down too. Speaking of behind the headline, the all-important durable goods orders print looked great with 1.8% rise in January beating expectations, but part of that gain was because December was revised considerably lower, and secondly, when removing aircraft, the core print was actually well down, a minus 0.2% print, when a plus 0.5 was expected and the biggest drop since June. We then saw a huge rebound off that awful January print for the Chicago PMI, rising to 57.4 in February, way above expectations and its highest since January 2015. At the risk of repetition, the biggest spike was again in prices paid, up to 68.6 and flagging stagflation yet again. As we mentioned yesterday, there were two conflicting soft manufacturing prints with firstly the ISM climbing to 57.7 in February, its sixth straight month increase and the strongest expansion since August 2014. But then market manufacturing PMI turned lower in February to 54.2, below expectations and seeing their chief economist warning, manufacturing is far from booming. And like the ISM, it confirmed the rise in average cost burdens was still one of the, on the fastest pace recorded over the past two and a half years. US personal spending data also flagged warning signals the preferred inflation gauge of PCE price index came in as expected at 1.9% for headline and 1.7% for core, just shy of the Fed's 2% target. 
part, it was the combo of lower, waging, uh, lower wages and rising inflation that reared its head again, with real personal spending plunging 0.3% in January, its biggest drop since the GFC, and real annual growth in disposable income dropping to a three-year low of 1.5%. No surprises then that the credit agency Moody's said that environment for retailers in the US is likely to get worse before getting better, with the number of distressed US retailers more than tripling since the GFC. And with $5 billion worth of debt maturities over the next four years in a rising interest rate environment, the situation is likely to get much worse. Housing continued to throw out its mixed messages with pending home sales plunging 2.8% in January when a 0.6% rise was expected and marking its biggest drop since May. US home prices via the S&P Case-Shiller rose 0.93% in December or 5.58% year over year, with that monthly gain the best December in at least a decade. The first US Q4 GDP revision disappointed by staying at the initial print of 1.9% with disappointing capex investment the key item. For the 2016 year, real GDP increased 1.6%, down substantially on the 2.6% in 2015. Dashing hopes of some kind of recovery on that already weak 1.9%, we then saw US trade balance for January printing an awful $69.2 billion deficit, the second largest deficit since August 2008 in the GFC, and well above the $66 billion expectations. All of this saw a raft of downgrades for Q1 GDP estimates with JP Morgan down to 1.5% from 2, Goldman's at 1.8% from 2.1%, Bank of America just 1.3% from 1.8% and the Atlanta Fed at one8 from 2.5%. We saw a number of speeches from members of the Fed all fairly hawkish and seeing odds of a March rate hike spiking up to 90% last night. That in economist speak is a dead cert, so if it doesn't happen, we could have some very interesting action on the markets. Stay tuned and be ready. Europolitical fears continued to dominate Europe's markets. The pound took a beating, plummeting 0.6% after reports of new Scottish referendum to stay in the EU. In the first of Euro elections in the Netherlands in less than two weeks' time, polls are showing the anti-Islam, anti-EU Freedom Party may be losing support. But a weekly survey by Peels gave him a four-seat lead over the Liberals for the second straight week. In France, the similar platform Marine Le Pen uh, remained ahead of Macron and Fillon, had to confirm midweek that he's been summoned by an investigative judge in France over his fraud allegations. At home, we got some good news with this week, with the December quarter seeing a 1.1% GDP print and hence avoiding a technical recession after the minus 0.5% last quarter. 3% of that 1.1%, you do the math, increase was of course due to the rebound in the largely commodity-driven export prices. It did confirm, however, that whilst profits were up robustly, wages continued their slump down another 0.5% and the consumer spending in that part saw the rebound in the GDP was courtesy of an erosion in savings. So, in other words, wages are lower and people are borrowing more to prop up spending. That can only end one way. We'll catch you next week and remember, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world.